Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and we're back for season four of Thrive, the Bridgestone America's podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. Now, if you've been a listener through the first three seasons at all, you've hopefully been introduced to the Bridgestone E8 commitment, which is our global corporate commitment guiding specific contributions that Bridgestone will make to a more sustainable future. Now, here in Bridgestone Americas, we're delivering on that Bridgestone E8 commitment by following our North Star framework, which you will remember is the roadmap for what we do and how we do it in our region, focusing on four pillars, our foundations, our vision, our business, and our team. And now we take a look to the future, and it's time to introduce the voice through which Bridgestone will communicate these initiatives. Today, we talk to Sarah Correa, our Chief Marketing Officer at Bridgestone Americas, to discuss the launch of What Really Matters as the next chapter in the story of the Bridgestone brand. You'll soon see it in content and creative found on television, social media, and channels beyond, but don't call it a marketing campaign. It's a behavioral platform designed to show through actions, not advertisements, what really matters to Bridgestone. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, uh, we are joined today by Sarah Correa, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Bridgestone Americas. We're going to talk about some exciting things coming to life that are related to the North Star, to the Bridgestone E8 commitment, but a new campaign that is tying all of these things together. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Yeah. So what really matters is getting to know you first, but what really matters is then the campaign that we're going to talk about that is coming up for Bridgestone here uh, in the near future. But to welcome you in, you've now, it's been about a year, you've gotten acclimated as a CMO at Bridgestone Americas. What has this first year been like for you to, to kind of see the company and now reflect on being about 12 months in. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a great first year. I always say it's been as advertised in the best possible way. I think that, you know, the culture that I was exposed to um, in my early conversations, I would say throughout the organization, as well, of course, as binging on Thrive <laughs> before I arrived, was really one of the things that drew me to Bridgestone. And it is as advertised, you know, it's a, a great company with, I think, a very clear vision for the future and a culture of collaboration, of cooperation, of humbleness with teammates that delivered against everything I was hoping it was going to be. And so it, it's been a great first year. I do remember talking to you in one of your first weeks and you said that the podcast was very helpful in it your was. learning and your onboarding. So the check again is in the mail um, for, future, <laughs> for future guests. That's how we choose our guests is how many episodes they've previously listened to. Before Bridgestone coming in last year, what was your career path um, journey that brought you to Bridgestone? Uh, what's been a little bit of your background? Sure. So my entire background has always been in B2B marketing and always in kind of that STEM space. Um, it really started with, I would say, associations in uh, research and specifically experimental biology, leading uh, some marketing work for their meetings and conferences. Um, that was my first sort of marketing role out of college. From there, I moved into a marketing role with a national firm of forensic engineers, architects, Okay. scientists and fire investigators. So that was not quite CSI level cool, but like 
a lot of figuring out when something goes wrong. So whether it's property damage or somebody's injured, who's liable? And that organization was going through, I would say, significant growth in terms of geography expansion, but also a transition from being really uh, singular owner-led to being uh, employee-owned. And then from there, moved into an organization called Thomson Reuters. Um, I led marketing for their scientific and scholarly research division. There, we really focused on what we considered to be the practice of science, which would be the the research, the creation of original work in largely, I would say, the STEM space, a, a bit of arts and humanities, and then um, the business of science. So how you would patent that, how you would fund research, how you would identify researchers to come to your institution. And that was global. That was my first real global role. That moved me then over to my last company before Bridgestone, which is called TE Connectivity. I've shared with many people, if you don't know about TE, there's actually a Forbes article for you <laughs> that calls TE the largest company that you've never heard of. But if essentially power, data, or signal moves through something, there's a TE component inside of it. It was another global role focused on the transportation solutions division which worked across passenger vehicles, commercial vehicles, our sensors business across all applications, and then our application tooling business. So a lot of the trends that we talk about here as drivers for this third foundation of Bridgestone were very similar to the conversations we were having at TE before I joined Bridgestone. You talk about the bleeding edge, and that's where that's where it's happening right there, right? I, I'm very fascinated. I, I've always, like, looking at your background when you came in and kind of the career path, I've just always been fascinated there's that marketing side of you. Were you a, a science, a STEM interested kid? And it's like you tried that, but because it's there's skills in that, but there's also a skill in being able to talk to people about those complex things. And it's a whole different skill set, right? But I mean, where did you, was you always passionate about the science and the technology and things, but you like, how did you find this path within that world, I guess? Yeah, so no. <laughs> I I have always worked with engineers. I love them, and I am not one. I, my father actually is an engineer and an architect, and I, I originally thought I was going to be a lawyer. I studied international affairs. Not me. I can tell you I did. <laughs> yes, I, I kind of, I call myself an accidental marketer early in my career, and I think that I'd always thought about marketing as being this really creative kind of artsy discipline, which is also not me. But what I found was I tend to be pretty good at taking really complex technical things and simplifying them down. And that translation has been really important in my marketing role. It's also from a leadership perspective been really important as I think about all of my roles have been uh, change oriented. Mm -hmm. um, and so coming into any organization, whether it's an organizational change, a strategic change, a change within the industry, and being able to help translate why is this change happening? Why is it important? What does it mean? And how do we move forward? I think my skill is not on the the STEM side or necessarily the kind of creative side of marketing. I think it's in that translation that marries up the two. Yeah. When you uh, were looking at the opportunity with Bridgestone, did you know enough of them from more of an innovative technology and maybe material science space? Because I think a lot of people, they think of tires and they only think of it when they need to think of it and they're black and round and they're not anything fancy, but they're incredibly technical, incredibly scientific. Did you have already kind of that perspective on Bridgestone as a company and then a product manufacturer coming in? Yeah, I would say I... 
I did because I had moved in the same sphere from a transportation mm -hmm. industry. So I was aware of sort of where tires fit within the ecosystem. I understood concepts around connected tires and, and the whole V to X, you know, what that means in terms of a connected mobility future. In terms of my own personal tires, did I understand the technology that went into them? Probably no. But I think that with any role, what's important, what was important for me is understanding it has to be a two-way fit, right? Like you have to be able to bring something to a role in an organization that you think is a valuable add to them. And I think some of my kind of B2B background, my SaaS background, felt like it was a really good fit for where Bridgestone was headed. But you also need to get something in return because I think that we're all constantly growing and developing and we all have new skills that we want to acquire. And I have not worked in retail. I have not done B2C before. And so I think that one of the things that was a really great opportunity is I felt like I brought something to the table and I also felt like I was going to gain something that Bridgestone could bring to me that I haven't had a chance to to do before in my career. Yeah, well, and I think that's a nice segue into kind of the topic at hand today on the larger spectrum, which is the What Really Matters campaign and the What Really Matters just platform that we are are looking to go to with Bridgestone. And so we we talked for, for listeners of the podcast, we had um, Philip Dobbs, who was your predecessor as CMO. We had Elizabeth Lewis both on in our second season to talk about the journey of the brand, right, of Bridgestone and Firestone and, and just what history is there and where that story comes from. But a lot of that that as we talk to to Philip and and see what we've done traditionally is around product marketing and this is a different shift but i think from your point of view what is what really matters in terms of the campaign not what i'm not going to ask you what really matters sarah <laughs> uh, but what is the campaign what really matters if somebody were to ask you what it is and how does it fit into this whole bridgestone e8 and north star uh, ecosystem that we have now at its core what really matters is how we talk about what we do every day in pursuit of our North Star and why that matters to the future that we see for Bridgestone. And so when I think about whether it's an internal teammate or a partner that we want to collaborate with or a, a consumer at the end of the day, who's putting a tire on their car? I think we all have spent so you know so much time really understanding the North Star, aligning our day to day to make sure everything we do is in pursuit of moving that agenda forward. But the ability to really talk about why that's important outside the walls of Bridgestone and how that helps us deliver against the E8 commitment, right? So why does delivering against the North Star help us create a better, more sustainable future? for generations to come, I think really comes through in that human to human language we talk about in what really matters. Yeah. And I think that's the, a challenge a lot of the time as we get lost in our terminology and sort of jargon, both from a scientific or a, you know a marketing or whatever side. And it's like, if we can go back and tell it to our neighbor or tell it to our parents and our, our siblings, this is what it is. And they go, oh, I get that. Like that, that's often a right. challenge that you have to try to overcome, right? What do you see then as uh, the shift that is is happening? Because like we said, traditionally, the marketing campaigns that we've seen, at least in recent years, have been built a little bit around sports, but also even in those, it's a message of performance of product, right? Yeah. And so a lot of tires, 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 this is very different. How is that? Yeah, well, I think part of it is just the natural evolution of the company, right? So this third foundation is Tires Plus 
digital services and solutions available via platforms, underlying sustainability throughout everything that we do, the brand has to represent that shift from the world's largest tire and rubber company to a company that is now really focused on being purpose-led in pursuit of being a sustainable mobility solutions company. And I think that when you start thinking about a purpose-driven brand, it's that shift from pure performance, right, which is the product kind of campaign that you talked about, to helping people understand your why. And the totality beyond kind of speeds and feeds is what we, we used to talk about it in a SaaS world of not only the benefit that your product delivers, but but the impact that that has on whoever is consuming it. Again, whether it's a teammate understanding why Bridgestone is a great place to work and how it's going to grow their career. It's an investor choosing to invest in Bridgestone over another stock. It's a collaborator of ours wanting to co-create the next solution for us. You have to sort of win hearts and minds, not just based on speeds and feeds and product performance. And for for those who may not be from the, the technology software, we like to try to, when I when I can call out acronyms, I feel very smart, but SaaS is software as yes, a sorry. service, right? So a bi- big S on both two ends, but two little A's. Not the big S. I have a friend who is big in that world. He has a dog named Sassy, but it's Sassy with the two A's in the middle because <laughs> he's a software as a service fan. But uh, for, for that reference there for, for people. But, and that's an interesting thing, right? And I, I've heard um, E and some others refer to it more as a behavior. They don't want to call it a marketing campaign, right? It's a behavioral platform. So we're we're learning our language, which really drives what you just said, which it's purpose-driven, right? What are the behaviors this campaign will drive as opposed to the products we're, we're pushing people to buy? Yeah. And I think what's really great about thinking of this as, you know, because words matter yeah. um, and, and the difference of an ad or a, a campaign is it's a moment in time. Um, and they're beautiful, and we're still going to create beautiful ads. <laughs> but thinking about what really matters as a behavioral platform, we're doing a lot of this work today. This is really about how we tell the stories of what our teammates are doing, the products that we're developing, the digital solutions that we're building. How do we bring those outside the walls of Bridgestone and talk about why it matters to our customers, why it matters in service of the North Star and E8. And so the idea of a platform is really making sure what we're focused on is showcased to the world. Yeah. And I I think you've mentioned there's different audiences in that. We're trying to win hearts and minds and get people acclimated to and feeling good about who we are and what we're doing. But like you said, the B2C, that realm that you're coming in is where I think most people have seen, uh, unless you work in the commercial space or work in one of the other uh, areas, the B2C is where the larger swath of people know Bridgestone, right? Um, From seeing commercials and seeing digital and social media. But this is not just a pure B2C. Like, when we say a marketing campaign or a behavioral platform, this is not just a B2C platform, correct? No, exactly. And I think that's where the positioning and sort of the segmentation of our audiences become so important. And that's another thing that'll be different, I think, compared to my understanding of how previous ad campaigns, for example, have rolled out is this is 
a very targeted approach because the the what really matters differs by audience, right? So what really matters to a small fleet is going to be different than what really matters to a dealer or a consumer um, that walks into one of our BSRO stores. And getting that message right and making sure that that content shows up in the right channels. You know, a, a large fleet has a whole buying committee around decisions when we're talking about tire plus data connectivity service through a digital platform that connects to an ecosystem of other partners. And the way that we tell that story, where we tell that story, and and the value at the end of that story for that customer is very different um, than a person who's putting tires on their car or going in for an oil change. Well, and I think, too, like listening to Paolo on the Bridgestone E8 commitment conversation that we did a little bit ago, and he was saying that the the why of the E8 commitment, why it's important, is in part because of the stakeholder ecosystem that we now are, are working in the, the world around us. A lot of people are wanting different things, and those are consumers, those are partners, those are customers, those are uh, innovation, you know, potential co-creation opportunities and investors and, and the like. So you can't really omit any of those audiences now in the current world. Like you have to find a way to reach all of them. Is that accurate? I think absolutely. And that's where a bit of, you know, the way that this marketing organization is structured is what I call the hybrid model, right? So we've got this center of excellence that really cares for the enterprise needs. And then we've got marketers in each of our businesses who are are embedded in their products and their customer needs and their customer segments. And I think part of the change in rollout plan for this campaign or platform, as opposed to probably historically, is that Everything that we do is through the lens of what really matters, which means the way that we position commercial tire solutions to fleets is going to be done through what really matters, but it's deeply focused on that segment of customers. We have the consumer replacement team already in market talking about what really matters for DriveGuard Plus. And I think that the ability to tailor those conversations to the right audience based on what we know about them and how they move through Bridgestone is what's really, really important. And I I think there's a little bit of an example in there, but as you look at that ecosystem, we've heard, obviously, as we've talked about the new acquisitions like Azuga or the investments like May Mobility and and Kodiak and uh, Tirada and others, um, and even just what we're doing with Waiuli and some of our other project work streams, where, what are, I guess, some examples to you of what really matters coming to life as the voice, like you say, of Bridgestone E8 commitment or North Star, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you just listed a whole bunch of really great examples. Gonna, I've got them memorized. <laughs> kept them quite on stock. Yeah. You know, I think we're, when we're doing this right now, we're on the heels of Music City Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And so to not think about racing as a great example, um, for any teammate that doesn't know, um, our new Waiuli race tires may their debut at the Indy 500 in the Pit Stop Challenge and are now going to be the alternates in the Music City Grand Prix race. And so you think about being able to show sustainability in action mm-hmm. and that historic link we've always had of using our motorsports platform as sort of a, an, a proving ground for new technology. The what really matters there is how we think about sustaining the sport that we love, which of course is is motorsports and racing, but then bringing that to the rest of our portfolio. 
we have similar partnerships with the predators here through the core program with our adaptive athletes partnership, how we can leverage some of these marketing platforms, which historically, again, had been about brand recognition and reach around product performance to to really focus in on how are we creating opportunities if not for product innovation and racing, for equitable access to opportunities for underserved communities. So that it is, of course, brand is important and reach is important and our sports partnerships give us a platform that is perfectly suited to that, but in pursuit of what? It's in pursuit of creating something better in the world for the communities where we live, where we work, where we move, where we play. And I think the the content that I've seen, right, that tagline really lingers on. It's it's what really matters is not, you know, necessarily things currently for the world around us, but getting generations. It's not getting us down the road, but generations right. down the road. So building that impact that lasts and is positive. And I think you can start, you know, when people start to see it, that all the things you're saying will hopefully start to connect and and make a little sense. Sustainability is a word, obviously, that we've talked a lot about in these conversations, but you've mentioned it a couple of times. And, you know, sustainability is a word that can be buzzwords to some people. I I think we've done a job of trying to explain it in detail and in specifics to uh, our listeners. Paulo obviously is passionate about it and he tries to articulate it. But when you talk about a, a campaign or a platform like What Really Matters, how do you make sure that the people that are, like say for B2C and consumers watching, you know, they hear sustainability and they get beat over the head with it and it may be very vague in general. How do we make sure that the people on the receiving end of this message, when it's focused on sustainability, it doesn't just become uh, we're doing it because we feel we have to and everybody else is doing it kind of thing? Yeah, I think, you know, I've had a lot of conversations sort of with other marketers around, I think, the opportunity, but also the the risk there really for brands, right? Because you're right, everybody right now is purpose-driven and committed to sustainability. And I think the real risk for a brand is how do you do that in an authentic and ownable way so that you don't come across as greenwashing? You know, it's not like buy this pen and you know, make the world a better place. How do you really carve out? It's a it's really a lovely good pen. pen, Sarah. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen the pen. It is beautiful. Um, <laughs> But I think this is actually where a lot of our frameworks, I think, give us credibility, right? So you think about something like the North Star and E8. And again, what really matters is just bringing that language to the world in a a more human-to-human way. But those frameworks make it very clear where Bridgestone is committed to delivering a sustainable future in a way that is authentic and ownable to Bridgestone. So for us to have commitments around sustainable mobility is completely believable and ownable as a a, a tire company that is evolving to be a sustainable solutions company. And I think that that's really what brands need is to figure out for these anthem sort of missions, how do you carve out a place that you can be authentic, that you can deliver, and that you can show progress against so that you you win hearts and minds, you don't alienate people along the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
is this this has to be exciting, right? I mean, not, it's, it, it, for, but for, I mean, for you, like to see this uh, is these things don't happen in a couple of weeks. I mean, these are months and potentially a lot of times years of research and work and trying to point things into the direction to come together. And now it's about to launch uh, for people or, you know, people are starting to see it trickle out in different areas. I mean, how, how's the feeling? It's got to be exciting. And why do you come to work and do this every day? Like, what is it about marketing and this opportunity to do the things that you're laying out? Like, it's got to be very exciting. It is. I think, number one, I'll go back to, you know, I've always been in change-oriented worlds. And this is a, a massive evolution that we get to take our our organization and our partners and our customers on. And so I I just, I love that sort of from two process. More importantly, you know, marketing, we are storytellers and storytelling goes back like to the beginning of human society. We're got <laughs> sounds and rocks and things to draw on walls. Right? Exactly. Right. Yes. Like it's how we, it's how we retain information. It's how we share information through generations. It's how we create connections. And so to be in a position where your job is telling stories that connect with people. And your job is to do that for two brands that have such, I would say not even just strength from a corporate perspective, but like important places in history. There's a responsibility that is really humbling and energizing at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we talk about that history of, um, I mean, <laughs> the, the impact and, like you said, the authentic nature of the stories when we we say these things and and comes from the founders and comes from the foundations and uh, it it helps go a long way. Um, I'm now worried that most people are going to describe me as a guy who makes sounds, has rocks, and draws <laughs> on walls. Unfortunately, so um, we'll have to see if we can get that edited out of the podcast. But uh, where will people start to see this or are are already seeing this at this point um, when we? We talk about marketing campaigns in the past. We've got our TV commercials and we've got social media, but where will people start to engage in this? Yeah, it's already starting to make its way out. So I had mentioned, you know, the consumer replacement team has done an amazing job sort of introducing this with their product launches. It will be, we, I think another big shift that's happening in marketing is we used to think about ad content, you know, TV content, digital content, social content. The reality is it's it's content. And and how people are consuming content is changing so much that it will be across all of our channels, but it will happen in phases. So it'll be synced to product launches by business units. We'll be really focusing a lot on our sustainability story, on our digital innovation story, and on our people story. Um, when you think about employee value proposition and talent acquisition and teammate, you know, engagement. And so you'll see it on on social channels. You'll see it on our new TV ads. Um, you'll see it through our sports activations and you'll see it inside the walls of Bridgestone as well. Yeah. Well, it's exciting time. Paolo always says all of this change, all of this bright optimism for the future and what's happening. And we've said this becomes the voice of that, right? How we talk about it, how we see it uh, lived through the North Star, through the E8 commitment. So uh, we'll look forward to learning more, to feeling more, the hearts and minds coming together, <laughs> right? Um, but appreciate the time, the perspective, uh, Sarah, to kind of give us a, a high-level overview of it and, um, and a little bit about you and your background. We're happy to have you at Bridgestone. Thanks for having me. 
you may have already seen some of the What Really Matters content trickling out as you watch TV or scroll through your social media feeds. In focusing on our actions and impact, we're hoping to connect with people beyond the performance of our products and truly communicate the purpose that our company has behind the Bridgestone E8 commitment. There's certainly more of this to come as well as the platform rolls out, but you can start to learn on your own by going online to whatreallymatters.com. And of course, if you're also online or exploring on your media channels, you need to catch up on anything here with the Thrive Podcast. You can find every episode of our first three seasons available wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Of course, you can also watch episodes from season three forward on the Bridgestone America's YouTube page. And wherever you hear us, feel free to give us a rating, a review, and tell us how we're doing. Or you can always send a question as well, an episode idea, or feedback via email at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Keith Cauley, as always, telling you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody.